Christian MLB players speak out about the shameful L.A. Dodgers Pride Night, some more strongly than others. And not every MLB player is standing firm. At least one is apologizing for his biblical stance on marriage, which is really sad. Also, peaceful pro-lifers were attacked in Baltimore this week. Lots of lessons to be drawn from these stories on counting the cost of following Christ and pushing back against the darkness, no matter the sacrifice. Also, because it is the month of June and we get to celebrate the beautiful rainbow, we've got merch for you guys. Beautiful merch. One says, Happy Noahic Covenant Month. If you want to know more about that, listen to yesterday's episode. Episode. And then we've also got the rainbow belongs to God. We're not taking back the rainbow. The rainbow has always belonged to God, still belongs to God, and always will. So we've got these two t-shirts up on AllieMerch.com. You can click the link in the description and we'll have some more. We'll have two more designs that I think you guys are really going to like in the coming couple of weeks. Uh, okay, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com, use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com, code Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Thursday. Happy June 1. I really love the month of June. Summer is my favorite season. As we discussed yesterday, it is the start of a very important month where we look to the rainbow and we remember God's faithfulness and that he is always faithful to keep his promises. As we read in Genesis 9, every time he hangs the rainbow in the sky, he remembers the covenant that he made between him and Noah and all flesh on the earth, that he would never flood the entire earth again. While God is so merciful, he's so good, and he is so powerful and holy. And uh, one day everything will be redeemed and made new. So this is just a month. I think that we can double down on that. And we can even, I don't know, set some goals for this Noahic covenant month. Since there are seven colors of the legitimate rainbow, there are only six colors, which is a symbol of being incomplete in the pride flag, maybe we can do something seven times that is redemptive or especially good this summer uh, or this, uh, this June, this month. Maybe you can share the gospel seven times, have a gospel conversation seven times. Maybe there are seven people that you can think of that you need to pray for on a daily basis or on a weekly basis with the seven days of a week. Maybe there's one different person that you pray for every day. Maybe it's seven acts of kindness to people around you. Let's think of ways to set redemptive and beautiful and gospel-centered and God-glorifying goals for this month. Because look, this day is the Lord's. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Every month of June is the Lord, or every day of the month of June, rather, is the Lord's. Every day of the year is the Lord's. Psalm 24 is that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness therein. So the entire earth, the entire universe, every single second of every single day falls under the complete and total sovereignty and power of the Lord. And so we have every reason to be just as hopeful, just as happy, just as joyful, just as celebratory today as we do any other day. We will not allow the celebration of sin, of abomination, of depravity, of chaos and confusion, which is what Pride Month represents, 
to depress us or to make us more anxious or to worry about the way that the world is going. We read, um, well, we did read Ephesians 1 yesterday uh, and also talked about Ephesians 2, but we also talked about Romans 1. This kind of depravity and confusion, exchanging the truth of God for a lie, exchanging what is natural for what is unnatural, has been going on for thousands of years. Yes, of course, I agree. It's more in your face than it has been or than it was previously. Um, But that should not diminish our joy or our hope or our strength at all. In fact, it should just uh, emphasize to us the importance of fortitude. It should remind us of Ephesians 6, that the battle that we're waging isn't primarily against corporations, it's not primarily against politicians or activists or people. It is the prince of the power of the air. It is the spiritual authorities. This is a good and evil fight. This is a fight between God and Satan, between God's chosen people and the world. It has always been this fight, and uh, that's still where we are. Now And we still have the full armor of God. We still have the presence and the help of the Holy Spirit. We still have the great commission that Jesus gives us in Matthew 28. And he said, behold, I will be with you always, even till the end of the age. That includes today. So be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Allow the joy of the Lord to continue to be your strength. Don't allow the celebration of depravity to diminish that joy at all. Because, you know, Satan, he works overtime. He is on the one hand, he is loving, of course, the celebration of sin and the rejection of God that is represented by Pride Month. But he also loves the collateral damage that it does, that it steals the joy of people who are wondering how in the world we got here seemingly so quickly. Um, And so what can we do? We can be in our Bibles. We can stay plugged in to our local church and our community, remind ourselves of what is true. And we can use the love that God has given us through Christ to then go out and love other people and just refocus and redouble our efforts on sharing the gospel and only representing and living out that which is good and right and true. Now, I do want to address some negative feedback that I got yesterday. Some negative feedback on specifically on YouTube, on the segment that I did on The Chosen and... Um, the pride flag that was seen in a picture of a behind-the-scenes um, segment of the set. There was a pride flag, as we talked about yesterday, on a camera. A pride flag patch, I guess, that this camera crew was wearing. And people, I think, were understandably asking, wait, is The Chosen pro-LGBTQ, this Christian show? Are they compromising in this way? Um And I I had a take that a lot of you didn't like. I won't re-explain all of it, but I'll summarize it in a second and then I'll respond to some of the criticism that I've gotten because of that. But let me go ahead and pause. I'll tell you about our first sponsor for the day. That's Carly Jean Los Angeles. I, as usual, am wearing all Carly Jean Los Angeles today. I am wearing their cute pink long dress and I'm wearing this um, gray like duster sweater. Everything is super comfortable. Everything is really easy for me to wear during pregnancy. A lot of you have said, I really wish that Carly Jean Los Angeles would come out with a maternity line. The truth is they don't really need to because of how their clothes fit. 
you can just size up. That's what I do. And it's worked beautifully for maternity. And then I can also wear it postpartum. I can go back to my regular size when I'm not pregnant or postpartum. All their stuff is just really versatile. That's what I love about it. And you actually save money because you only need a few items that you can mix and match. And then you can wear in all different seasons and every stage of life. Their basics line also is all made in the United States, which is great. And um, and so if you want to support uh, a business that supports America, that supports our values, Christian, conservatives, Jesus-loving, pro-life people, then you should be buying your clothes from Carly Jean Los Angeles, especially this month when you're trying not to give your money to these corporations that hate you. Go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Use promo code AllieB for 20% off excluding final sale items carlyjeanlosangeles.com code allie b carlyjeanlosangeles.com code allie b okay so let me just address briefly some anger that i got yesterday on my youtube video about the chosen so i said which i still think is i still think is true although i've thought about this more over the past 24 hours and i've taken some of the respectful feedback and disagreement that i've gotten and i have asked myself okay did i get that wrong did i downplay the existence of this pride flag on the set of the chosen um and i you know i'm still kind of wrestling with that i'm still kind of going back and forth on that on the one hand i don't think it's wrong for people like john root or anyone else to criticize the chosen for being a show that espouses obviously christianity and christian values and says that they want to share the gospel and then to share an image or share i guess a video that happened to have a pride flag in the background. It does seem kind of weird, not just to work with people of different beliefs and different backgrounds, but to allow that kind of symbol to be waving on the set of a Christian show. I totally get that. My point that I tried to make, which I still think is true, is that that, there are other reasons, but that is probably not the deal breaker. Um, there have been red flags before the pride flag. I think a lot of people would say that there are actually some critics would say bigger issues with the chosen than them working with people who probably have different beliefs and different backgrounds and having the pride flag on set. Now, some of you were not respectful in your disagreements. I appreciate those of you who were. That's always welcome. Honestly, I take that seriously. And I, when it's legitimate and when it's well thought out and well articulated, I really do. I take those and I think about them and I pray about them. And there have been several times where I've come back on here and be like, you know what? I thought about that and you guys were right and whatever. And so I'm still thinking, I'm still thinking through just like how big of a deal is this for the chosen? Is the chosen even considered? And I know this is going to sound crazy, but like a Christian show. I know that sounds crazy because it's about the life of Jesus, but I'm not even sure that Dallas Jenkins would necessarily call it that. And so it didn't surprise me is all I'm saying. It didn't really surprise me that there was, you know, there are gay people and that there was a pride flag and all of that stuff. Um, but so I understand working through that, thinking through that, thinking through some of the arguments that you guys respectfully made. But then some of you so, a lot of you on yesterday's episode, um, just on YouTube, you're unhinged. You were unhinged, literally, and just lying, lying and slander about me because you disagreed with my take on that. After about 10 minutes 
of reading scripture about what God says about identity and sexuality and explaining what the rainbow really represents for the Christian. After the episodes upon episodes upon episodes of me offering explicit clarity on what the Bible says about gender and marriage and identity and sexuality, some of you who claim that you have listened to me for a long time had the audacity to say that I am wavering on this issue, that I am compromising on the word of God, that I might be strong on other issues, but on this one, I'm wavering, I'm faltering, I'm compromising, I'm giving in because Dallas Jenkins is my friend and I'm defending him and defending the use of the pride flag. First of all, Dallas and I never talked before the interview that we had on Relatable. We have not talked since then. That was the only interaction that we ever had. I don't feel any kind of fidelity to the show, The Chosen. I don't have any like special interest. I am not someone who watches The Chosen. I've seen a couple episodes, but I am not a regular watcher of The Chosen. I've talked about the different controversies. I feel absolutely no responsibility whatsoever to defend or attack The Chosen. I just gave you my opinion. There has probably been no one more clear on the LGBTQ issue, all the letters of LGBTQ, than this show. Like we have not compromised or given in one centimeter on that issue. We have stood firmly on the word of God every single step of the way. You will not find many cultural conservative commentators who can say that. There are certainly some, I'm not alone, but there aren't very many. So for some of you in the comments to slander me and to accuse me of absolutely atrocious and ridiculous things like compromising on the word of God on this, simply because I had a take about that it's possible to have, you know, secular people behind the camera and still have a good message in front of the camera. If that's what you think about The Chosen, I'm not even defending necessarily all the messages portrayed um, by The Chosen. Even though I would never allow a pride flag to be waved like on my set or on my camera or anything like that. Just giving you a different perspective to try to kind of calm us down and, and see the big picture. Some of you disagreed with me. That's okay. But to say that I compromise, like, do you not listen at all? Like, you don't have to be so emotionally reactive. You don't have to. You don't. You don't, you do not have to put words in people's mouth. You don't have to intentionally uh, misrepresent people. You don't have to lie about people. You don't have to ignore the vast, vast majority of their work or even what I said in the first 10 to 20 minutes of yesterday's episode and then accuse me of something that is so blatantly untrue, which is compromise. Are you freaking kidding me? This reminds me of that scene. Because this is like the only logical conclusion that I come to that some of you are just like high out of your minds. It reminds me of the scene from Parks and Rec when Leslie Nope asked John Ralphio, like, why are you like this? And he's like, pills, baby. Some of you, I'm like, is it, is it, is it Sharpies? Is it paint pens? Is it spray? What is it? Like, what, what is actually getting your mind to the point of thinking that some of the things that you guys said yesterday on this YouTube on yesterday's YouTube video is okay or true. You guys know I haven't compromised on that. I don't, I do not listen to or like respect or take in in any way comments that are not respectful and not well articulated, but simply just accuse me of things that are not true. Come on now.
Come on, we can be better than that, right? There are going to be lots of things that we disagree on, especially with the elections coming up. Like maybe just consider who I am and all the things that I've said over the years and maybe give me the benefit of the doubt when we disagree on this kind of thing. All right, I'm, I, I will do the same for you. Okay, let's talk about though some of these MLB players that are speaking out, some very strongly, some not so strongly against the Pride Nights that we are seeing hosted by MLB teams, specifically the Pride Night that is being hosted by the LA Dodgers. That's not just um, celebrating different kind of pride groups or gay groups or whatever it is, but specifically invited this group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And if we have like an advertisement for who they are, we'll show you. You know what's amazing also is that, so this is a group of drag queens and they dress up like nuns and they dress up like Jesus. It's horribly, horribly blasphemous, sacrilegious, absolutely terrible. And they're these like very sexually explicit shows where they use a cross. They use like a Jesus being crucified on the cross. They make fun of Mary. It's just absolutely awful. And they say, of course, that they're like fighting social justice or whatever stupidity like that. But you know what's amazing is that Sam Britton, who was in the energy department under Joe Biden, you remember that guy? He ended up being a klepto. He ended up uh, being accused of guilty of stealing women's luggage at airports um taking their taking their luggage and then wearing their clothes cuz he's weirdo he's weirdo he also taught like kink classes and like puppy play you don't even we don't even need to get into what all of that is this is before he was hired by the federal government only the best and the brightest right um also we have like a a product coming out soon, making fun of that whole Sam Britton situation. But anyway, he was a part of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Um, and uh, I guess there are like different groups or whatever. So that just shows you like the depravity of this group. So originally this group was invited by the LA Dodgers to their pride night, but then they were disinvited because there was understandably some uproar that it's not just a pride group. It's not just a drag group. It's not just a trans group. Like this is also a group that's making fun of a specific faith. Obviously this would never be tolerated if they were making fun of Muhammad, if they were making fun of Probably not even Buddha, but certainly not making fun of Islam. But it's tolerated when it's making fun of Catholicism or when it's making fun of Christianity with Jesus on the cross. But then there was backlash to them being disinvited. And so what did the L.A. Dodgers do? Of course, they bowed down to the drag queen lobby and they said, oh, we're so sorry for disinviting this disgusting group. We're actually going to have them back on and they're going to win an award on the field for outstanding community service. This is not a joke, guys. This is not a joke. This is really happening. And so there was an MLB uh, MLB player, uh, Clayton Kershaw. He is an Ellie Dodgers pitcher who did speak out about it. Uh, he is, uh, I guess, the most prominent member of the Dodgers. I'm not really, a, I'm not really a 
a baseball fan. I'm not really a sports person, so I don't know. But his name does sound familiar. And apparently he's a Christian. And he's outspoken about his faith. And he pushed the Dodgers to do a Christian Faith and Family Day. He posted about this on his Instagram. It's on July 30th. And he said, excited to announce the relaunch of Christian Faith and Family Day at Dodger Stadium on July 30th. More details to come. We're grateful for the opportunity to talk about Jesus. Okay, that's awesome. I'm so glad about that, even though is this CYA, I think in a lot of ways, of course, for the LA Dodgers, but I'm glad that this is happening. I hope that the true gospel is shared. I hope people come to know Christ. I hope some of the degenerates and the sisters of perpetual indulgence come to know Christ because of this. Um, so he didn't, when he announced this, he didn't directly mention the Pride Night incident and the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, um, but he did issue a statement to the LA Times. And I would love to know exactly what you think about this. I, I don't like to be too harsh when people are trying to take a stand in the public eye, but at the same time, I do get tired of the constant caveating that I kind of see here. So it says, I think we were always going to do Christian faith day this year, Kershaw said to the New York Times, but I think the timing of our announcement was sped up. Picking a date and doing those different things was part of it as well. Yes, it was in response to the highlighting of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence by the Dodgers. I don't agree with making fun of other people's religions. It has nothing to do with anything other than that. He wants to make that clear. I just don't think that no matter what religion you are, you should make fun of somebody else's religion. So that's something that I definitely don't agree with. For us, we felt like the best thing to do in response was instead of maybe making a statement condemning or anything like that would be to just instead try to show what we do support as opposed to what we don't. This has nothing to do with the LGBTQ community or pride or anything like that. This is simply a group that was making fun of a religion that I don't agree with. So while Clayton, I am so excited that you are promoting this faith and family night, this Christian faith and family night. That's awesome. And I, I kind of like the strategy of saying, we're not just going to talk negatively about one thing, but we are going to replace it with something good. That's good. That's real action. That can be real, really redemptive. So that's great. And I don't want to nitpick here, but I am I, I hate that Christians feel, especially in the public eye, that they can only like they can only have like the most narrow complaints. They can only condemn in like the slightest and most non-offensive way. So the problem with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence is that they were making fun of a religion. That's the only thing that he's willing to complain about. He just wants to make clear that it's not that he's anti-gay. He's not that it's about the LGBTQ community, which might be true for him, but it would be okay if it was about that. You're a Christian. It's okay for you to say, you know what? God made us male and female. I stand on the Bible. I'm not going to be a part of celebrating this. And it's not just because they're making fun of a religion. They're making fun of Jesus, although I really don't like that. Look, I also don't believe in celebrating men dressing up as women. I also don't believe in celebrating pride. That violates my religious beliefs, what I know about the world and who created the world. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be a part of that. I'm not. And then you could say, you know what? And some of the things that we have seen are especially atrocious, like XYZ, and that should not be awarded. But like I really don't want to be a part of this Pride Night in general. And that's why I'm pushing for the Christian faith and family night. Now I completely understand why someone would not want to say that. I understand, but 
we do not have to cede so much ground in our statements. Like, even if, like, I think I would have liked better if he didn't add all of these caveats, if he didn't say, this has nothing to do with gay people, this has nothing to do with LGBTQ, it has nothing to do with drag queens, it doesn't have anything to do with that, it just has to do with making fun of a religion, ending religion, Buddhism, whatever. Like, we shouldn't have to, it's, it's like we're trying to take our faith off the hook. We're trying to take God off the hook. We're like complicitly apologizing for the word of God or kind of like apologizing for what we believe without actually apologizing for it. Like we don't actually want to stand on Genesis 1. We don't actually want to stand on Romans 1. And so we pretend like our offense has nothing to do with sin and everything to do with just this one tiny small part of it that everyone can hopefully kind of get on board with. The part of it that will get us the least amount of backlash for condemning. I just think that we need to be more outright and more outspoken than that. I'm not questioning his faith. I'm not questioning his sincerity. I think that this is par for the course for most people in the public eye. Um, they just, like, this is the issue. Even when it comes to Christian singers like Lauren Daigle, like, this is the issue that they don't want to touch. They don't want to get into because they know that the backlash is extremely fierce. And I get it. But God is more loving than us. He is kinder than us. He is better than us. He is wiser than us. So the most loving thing we can do is simply agree with him extremely clearly. Remember, God is love. 1 John 4, 8, we're not going to outlove him by disagreeing with Genesis 1, All right, I've got some more examples of this. Some good, some not so good. In just a second, let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day. This is a company that does not compromise ever on its values, and that is seven weeks coffee. Their mission is to promote godly values, to provide excellent coffee, and to protect every beating heart. So they use 10% of every sale of their coffee to support pro-life pregnancy centers across the country. It's really incredible. They call themselves Seven Weeks Coffee because at seven weeks, the baby in the womb is the size of a coffee bean. They're just really passionate about saving these babies, and they know pregnancy centers across the country are doing that work. They also love coffee, and the coffee that they sell is really high quality. We drink it in our house. So I love the people. I love the mission of the company, but I also just really love the product. So you're going to spend money on coffee anyway if you're a coffee drinker. You might as well put your money to really, really good and redemptive use. Go to sevenweekscoffee.com. Com. Let your coffee serve a greater purpose. Use promo code Ally at checkout to save 10% on your order. Sevenweekscoffee.com code Ally for 10% off. Sevenweekscoffee.com code Ally. All right, Blake. Trinan is another LA Dodgers uh, pitcher, and he released a statement on Tuesday evening with much stronger language than what Kershaw said. He said, people like baseball for its entertainment value and competition. The fans do not want propaganda or politics forced on them. I believe the word of God is true. And in Galatians 6, 7, it says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Look, I think that's good. I think that's good. I actually think that that is a way to be really clear like stand on the word of God. Um, 
And you don't have to necessarily always get into this is specifically what I'm against. Although, again, I would love that kind of clarity. I still don't see as much caveating and compromise in this statement, especially when you reference scripture. And that's actually the exact reference that we used when uh, we were talking about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and the awful sexually explicit uh, performance that they were putting on where they had Jesus almost naked on a cross and basically a drag queen twerking on it. It was absolutely awful. We didn't want to show it. It was just too much. But I thought of two passages. One, when Jesus is on a cross and he says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I think that's true. They have hearts of stone and brains of mush and just an incapability right now because they're dead in their sin to really understand the seriousness of what they're doing and the consequences that come from it. And then it was Galatians 6, 7, that God will not be mocked. What someone uh, reaps, what someone sows, he will also reap. And so even though God has mercy, he extends forgiveness through Christ. He, we also know that he is not going to allow evil to flourish forever. So I love that he references that. So here's what he says. He says, I'm disappointed to see the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence being honored as heroes at Dodger Stadium. I understand uh, that playing baseball is a privilege, not a right. My convictions in Jesus Christ will always come first since I have been with the Dodgers. They have been at the forefront of supporting a wide variety of groups. However, inviting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to perform disenfranchises a large community, promotes hate of Christians and people of faith. This single event alienates the fans and supporters of the Dodgers, Major League Baseball, and professional sports. People like baseball for its entertainment. We already read that. And then he said the debacle with Bud Light and Target should be a warning to companies. And he said, I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I believe the word of God is true. And in Galatians 6, 7, it says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. This group openly mocks Jesus Christ, the cornerstone of my faith. And I want to make it clear that I do not agree with nor support the decision of the Dodgers to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, Joshua 24, 15. Okay, I like that. Like he didn't put a bunch of caveats. Oh, I'm not talking about all gay people. I'm not talking about all trans people. I'm not talking about the whole LGBT community. I'm just talking about making fun. He does like focus on that, which I understand. Um, I mean, when you work for a company, very often they will do things that you don't always align with. So I do understand both with Kershaw and with him, like why this was a line that they needed to highlight. But I appreciate that he didn't make apologies. He didn't like make a bunch of excuses and he did stand on the word um, of God. Again, would love someone to reference Genesis 127 and all of this, but um, I really appreciate that statement. I thought that was good. And then you've got Trevor Williams. He is a starting pitcher for the Washington Nationals. He was the first MLB player to publicly denounce the Dodgers controversy. He wrote a lengthy statement on uh, Twitter on Tuesday saying that he was deeply troubled that this group had been invited. Um, he says that the Dodgers actually made a clear violation of their own discrimination policy, which explicitly states that any conduct or attire in the ballpark that is deemed to be indecent or prejudiced against any particular group or religion is not tolerated. Of course, we always know that Christians are the exception to that. He says, as a devout Catholic, I'm deeply troubled by the Dodgers' decision to reinvite and honor the group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, at their Pride Night this year. A major league baseball game is a place where people from all walks of life should feel welcomed. Uh, to invite and honor a group that makes a blatant, deeply offensive mockery of my religion and the religion of over 4 million people in Los Angeles County alone undermines the values of respect and inclusivity, uh, creating an environment in which one group feels celebrated and honored at the expense of another is counterproductive and wrong. 
And he's absolutely right. And he talks about the discrimination policy. And that's true. And again, he doesn't um, caveat that. And, you know, I really uh, I really appreciate that. I don't know if these players realize they probably do. And I understand maybe like a Twitter statement isn't the place to say it. Uh, But I think a lot of people don't realize that the reason why it's okay for Christians, it's always there's always like a Christian loophole in these discrimination policies or in the values of inclusion. Um, And that's because this is a competing religion. Progressivism as a whole, but specifically LGBTQ, it's a competing religion. These two things cannot go together. There is always going to be animosity. There's always going to be friction. There's always going to be enmity because it is the God of self versus the God of scripture. One says pride is worth celebrating. The other says that pride is a deadly sin. One says that the most important thing in life is to just be happy and feel good. And the other one says that the most important thing is to be holy, to take up your cross and to follow Christ. These are two competing philosophies. These are two competing worldviews. And right now we have an extremely dominant religion in LGBTQ. Extremely dominant religion when it comes to progressivism, because you also see this with race and so-called social justice and and things like that. Um, These things don't go together. When people ask me, can you be a progressive Christian? Um, I say, well, in the same way that I don't think that you can be like a Christian witch. These are two competing worldviews. These are two competing belief systems. They are going completely opposite directions. They cannot be paired at all in the same way that you can't serve God and money. Um, It's an idol. Either you are denying yourself and you are following God and his order and his commands, or you are denying God and following yourself. And so that's the competition here. And right now, and for the foreseeable future, the LGBTQ religion, which is specifically anti-Christian, wins. Um, And then you've got Anthony Bass. This is a sad story, guys. This is a sad story. What Christians shouldn't do. But again, who knows? I mean, who knows what pressure he was under? Toronto Blues Jays player or pitcher recently shared a post on his social media which promoted Christians boycotting Target and Bud Light. And uh, he shared... An Instagram, an Instagram video from a user called Dude with Good News to his Instagram stories uh, or to his Instagram stories teaching the biblical reasons for boycotting Target from Ephesians 5, 11 through 13, which says, take no part in, on the, in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them for it is shameful to even speak of the things they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Um, great passage. I just love the book of Ephesians so much. And so he shared that. And then he got backlash because of course he did. Of course he did. This is just scripture, by the way. Uh, Then he apologized. So here is a video of Anthony Bass from the Toronto Blue Jays apologizing for this. I recognized yesterday uh, I made a post that was hurtful to the Pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine. And I'm truly sorry for that. Um, I just spoke with my teammates and share with them my actions yesterday. I apologize with them. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays resources to better educate myself, to make better decisions moving forward. Uh, the ballpark is for everybody. Uh, we include all fans at the ballpark and we, and we want to welcome everybody. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Oh, that is bleak. 
That is really sad. I mean, I imagine he got a ton of heat for sharing that. Obviously, this was a very scripted response. So I want to know if it wasn't because maybe he would say, no, it's not pressure. It wasn't pressure at all, which of course is not true. Okay, well, what's changed? What's changed? Like, do you believe Ephesians 5? Do you believe that selling tucking bathing suits and promoting sex switching and the denial of Genesis 1 is an unfruitful work of darkness? Or do you not? Has God changed? Has God's word changed? Has his standards, have his standards changed, his definitions? What changed? What changed was he was forced to go through a struggle session. If you don't know what a struggle session is, you can Google it. Um, actually, don't use Google. Use DuckDuckGo or something. You can search it and it'll probably come up. You'll be able to see it on Wikipedia. Mao's cultural revolution in China, where if someone expressed a religious opinion, a politically unpopular opinion, something that went against the regime, they would be forced into a struggle session where they were tortured, they were publicly humiliated, they were even beaten in some cases until they uh, they went back on what they said and they were properly educated so that they would come to the right conclusion. Uh, it's not so different living here in America, the land of the free and the home of the brave than it was living in communist China. I mean, obviously it's different in a variety of reasons, but we've got, we've got similar tactics. And of course, it's even worse in Canada. So I'm sad about this because this is compromise. It is compromise. And then if we ask, well, what are, the, what, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to just quit your job? Are you supposed to just uh, give up the money and the opportunities? I mean, you've got a family to feed. The answer is yes, actually. The answer is yes. Yes, I actually do believe that Christians should be willing to get fired or to quit their jobs or to fail their class or to get expelled from school um, if, if, do, if that means that they are standing on what's true. Like, I, I do believe that that is part of the sacrifice of being a Christian. Absolutely. I'm not saying that's easy. I know people might say that, oh, it's easy for you to say you work for like a conservative company. It's actually not. Like, I, I don't want to have to tell people that. I'm not saying it's easy at all. I'm saying that we were not promised ease. We weren't promised that it was going to be convenient. We weren't promised that we were going to keep our accolades or keep our reputation or keep our friends or keep our good standing in our community or keep our money or keep our fame or keep our baseball contracts. Like we weren't promised any of those things when we decided to count the cost and follow Christ. I mean, it would be great if you didn't have to make those sacrifices, but some people are called to. And when we decide that we are going to renege, when we decide that we are going to go back and we are going to apologize for what the word of God says, for saying something that God says is true, then that means that after counting the cost, we decided that following Christ was just too expensive, that we would actually rather gain the whole world and lose our soul. Now, all of us have compromised in some way. I'm not saying that there's not abundant grace. I'm not saying that I have never said something that should have been um, 
braver or should have been clear. Of course, I pray against that, but all of us have. So I'm not saying that there is not grace for this baseball player. I mean, Peter denied Christ three times after uh, living with him and seeing him and knowing his miracles and loving him. He still denied Christ. He was still a coward. I mean, Thomas saw the resurrected Jesus and was like, I need to actually feel the scars in order to believe this. And so there's grace. There, of course, is grace for doubt. There's grace for wavering, but there's not an excuse for it. That doesn't make it right. It's still sin that if we have the Holy Spirit, we will be convicted of. So that's what I pray for Anthony Bass. Again, I I don't doubt at all that he was facing a ton of pressure that maybe a lot of us have not faced. I totally get that. But I pray that he would be convicted. That's what I pray happens. I pray that he would come back out and say, you know what? I shouldn't have apologized for that. I shouldn't have apologized. What I said was true. God's word is true. God is good. He's more loving and more just and wiser than the rest of us. And I'm going to hang my hat on that. The end. And if that costs me everything, so be it. It's very, very difficult for a rich person to enter enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than to do that. And this is one of the reasons it's really hard. And I'm not just talking about baseball players. I'm talking about anyone who has any like amount of comfort and wealth, which is really all of us living in the United States. Like it's very difficult to sacrifice those things for the sake of Christ. But of course, Christ follows that with saying with God, all things are possible. God can give us the grace and the ability and the power to count the cost and truly take up our cross and follow Christ. So I wish he wouldn't have apologized. It sets a really, really bad example. I hope that he does feel the godly guilt that scripture talks about and that he does um, he does repent. All right. Uh, we'll talk about a couple more things quickly. Let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day. That is Eden pure. All right. If you want to make sure that the air that you are breathing is purified, then you should use the air purifiers from Eden Pure. We've got the thunderstorm air purifiers that you plug right into the wall. It doesn't take up any space. It doesn't make a sound. Like you don't have to worry about it being an eyesore or anything like that. You can even travel with it because they're so light and so compact. It uses O3 technology to clean your air, gets rid of viruses and bacteria, odors, things like that. It just makes the air that you are breathing actually really fresh. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm three-pack for whole home protection. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, code Allie to save that $200. EdenPureDeals.com, code Allie. All right. I do want to bring up this story. Um, There are a few things I want to talk about that I didn't get to. Um, But I want to bring up this story because here's an example of people counting the cost. Here's the example of people standing for what is good and right and true, even when they seriously suffer from it. So there were two pro-life supporters who were attacked outside a Planned Parenthood in Baltimore, Maryland. Mark Crosby, 73, Dick Schaefer, 80. They were attacked outside the Planned Parenthood clinic. There were volunteers with the Baltimore County Right to Life. They were simply praying in front of the Planned Parenthood facility when Crosby was attacked from behind. According to security camera video footage of the incident, the suspect charged Schaefer and knocked him into a flower pot. And then the 
second, this is, I mean, this is violent. This is kind of hard to hear, okay? The second victim, Crosby, he rushed in to help after the first guy, Schaefer, was shoved into the flower pot. Um, but he was shoved to the ground. The suspect then continued to punch Crosby in the head as he was lying on the ground before kicking him with extreme force in the face, according to police. And we'll put up the picture that we can put up of Mark Crosby's uh, injuries. Um, you know, YouTube has some rules about the kinds of pictures that we can put up. So as I'm recording this, I don't know if we can actually show you the full thing without blurring it, but uh, you can look on Twitter. It's in several different places. He has an extremely swollen eye and he is bleeding across his face. You can tell, poor guy. I mean, he is extremely traumatized. Again, this person is 73 years old. The other guy was 80 years old, attacked by this rabid, assuming pro-abortion activist. According to Fox News, uh, Crosby told the police that the suspect had approached volunteer members of Planned Parenthood and spoke with them before directing his attention to the pro-life volunteers. Okay, so he knew what he was doing. This is not just like a random criminal. In a redacted police report, Schaefer said the suspect spoke with him in an aggressive manner, opposing his pro-life ideas and without warning, tackled him into a large flower pot. It is also noted that several witnesses saw the assault unfold with one telling investigators that the conversation between the suspect and the 80-year-old victim, Schaefer, was a debate over their ideas about pro-life and pro-choice viewpoints. Crosby was diagnosed with a large hematoma. This is the 73-year-old that tried to come in and help and then was kicked in the face. Uh, hyphema and head and neck pain, but is in stable condition. His orbital socket will have to be replaced with metal. So that socket behind his eye. Police are still looking for the attacker. Uh, in a statement to WBAL news organization, Karen Nelson, the president and CEO of Planned Parenthood of Maryland, said the organization does not condone any violence. Really? You kill multiple babies every day. That is violent. That's why this is happening. You're a terrorist organization. You're a murder mill. Of course you condone violence. You profit off of violence. And I think it is unfortunate that there was an incident that occurred outside our health center. She added, it is a darn shame. Oh, this is the important part. This is what she's really concerned about, you evil, evil, wicked woman. It is a darn shame that folks who are trying to receive health care have to put up with remarks and comments when they are just trying to go into a facility and receive health care. So that's the real that's the real sadness here. That's the real sadness that there were two people who were praying outside of your murder mill where you're dismembering little voiceless, defenseless, vulnerable human beings. That there were two people. That's the darn shame, not the murder that you are profiting from, not the fact that these two old men were brutally beaten by someone who defends you and the murder that you conduct on a daily basis. Um, the GoFundMe uh, for these two people has now been disabled. It received $41,881 in three days, but the GoFundMe has now been disabled. Uh, you'll remember all of the terrorism against the uh, pro-life organizations, against the churches, against the pregnancy centers after the Roe v. Wade decision, after the Dobbs decision was released last June, right? You remember all of that? Still wondering when those people are going to be brought to justice. And you remember the peaceful pro-lifers? We've had, we had a couple uh, on our show, someone named Herb Garrity facing federal charges 
for a peaceful protest. We had Mark Hawk, not on this show, but we talked about the story of Mark Hawk in Pennsylvania peacefully protesting outside of an abortion facility, trying to defend his son from someone um, who was extremely aggressive and basically threatening to attack his son and saying very vulgar things. He pushed this person back, faced federal charges. The FBI actually came to his house, hunting him down while his little children and his wife were there. Um, Look, listen, you don't have to be on the side of evil. But if you are on the pro-choice side, no matter how virtuous you think that your position is, how nuanced you think your position is, like how, how moral you think it might be to fight for women's reproductive freedom. First of all, you've been lied to. Abortion is murder, period. You're murdering a human being. Look at the evil that is not just on the fringe of your side. It is in the mainstream of your side. Remember uh, the 83-year-old woman in Michigan last year who was shot in the back for canvassing, for block walking, for a pro-life initiative in Michigan. Shot in the back, an 80-year-old woman. That's your side. And again, it's not surprising at all. Your side is entirely based on violence against vulnerable people. So we are not shocked at all when the demons are angry, when truth is being shared, and when people are praying. We're not shocked at all when there's violence against people outside of the womb. Of course, people who advocate for violence and murder of people inside of the womb are going to be inherently more violent towards people outside of the womb. Of course, why wouldn't you be? What's the difference? They're both clumps of cells, technically. It's just that the baby inside of the womb is defenseless. It's not surprising at all that abortion activists would prey upon elderly men who are simply praying there and peacefully expressing their ideas. Of course, that person believes that a baby can be rightfully dismembered inside the womb. That's what this side is. It is evil. It is wicked to its core. Do not be on this side. It's the side of Nazis. It's the, ins- it's the side of the enslavers. It's the side of Every single human rights violator throughout history. That's what the pro-choice side is. Stop. You don't have to be on that side. You can defend innocent life. Hold on to your other progressive beliefs if you want to. Don't be on the side of murder and violence. You don't have to. All right. Let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day until we close out. And that is Birch Gold. So uh, you might be seeing all the debt stuff that's going on in the news with Congress. There's going to be further destabilization. That's all I know. I don't understand everything that's going on and all of the debates that are being had in Congress over this. But we know that the future feels a little scary. Everything feels destabilized. And you just want to make sure that your savings are secure. You want to make sure that you're investing in hard assets. So it's uh, important to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. You can do that really easily with Birch Gold. They have incredible, incredible reviews. People just love working with Birch Gold. They make it really easy. You can convert an existing IRA or 401k into gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Just text Allie to 989-898 and they'll send you a free info kit. So if you just need to know more about it, see if it's right for you, that's totally fine. Get your free info kit from uh, from Birch Gold by texting Allie to 989-898. That's Allie to 989-898.
Okay, so I just want to finish on this. I saw this interesting study that was posted by the New York Post that just makes a whole lot of sense, I'm sorry to say. I mean, obviously, we know, as we've already said, like progressivism, Christianity can't go hand in hand. There's just, it's godless. It's godless. That's not to say that Christless Christianity or Christless conservatism is good either. Certainly not. But the principles of progressivism are always going to uh, be anti-good. They're going to be anti-good and anti-God. But it's also like a psychological thing, I think, that goes on here. So this is according to the New York Post. And this was a study, I guess, that was originally published by PsyPost, left-wing extremism linked to psychosis and narcissism. Left-wing extremism is linked to toxic psychopathic tendencies and narcissism, according to a new study published in the peer-reviewed journal Current Psychology. Uh, The majority of research on authoritarianism has focused on right-wing ideology, so the authors of the study sought to address the disparity. The authors noted that many researchers were skeptical about the notion of left-wing authoritarianism, which is why there is not as much uh, research on it, because most of them are left-wing themselves. so they uh, they say the study suggests that people with dark personality traits like narcissism and psychopathy are drawn to certain antagonistic ideologies and political activities. However, their motivation is not necessarily driven by a genuine desire for social justice and equality. Instead, they use these ideologies and activities as a way to fulfill their own ego-centered needs. The researchers call this phenomenon the dark e- ego vehicle principle. Um, And they say that this tends to attract people specifically to left-wing authoritarianism. And uh, I think that's really interesting. That's not to say that there aren't people who are on the far right who are authoritarian and have their own psychological issues. We've talked about some of that actually with the psychologist Dr. Carderis on this show before and incels and all of that. Um, But I think it's like very, very clear that there is an element of psychopathy when it comes to like when it comes to a big part of left-wing ideology, that there's a ton of narcissism, that it's mostly about narcissism. Again, it's about the God of self and worshiping the God of self. And when the God of self feels like they're being blasphemed or they are being inconvenienced in any way, when they're not getting the worship that they think that they're due, of course, they are going to lash out in this kind of vengeance. And so there's a lot of violence and there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of anarchy. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of delusion that um, that uh, comes with that. And I think that it's, I mean, it's interesting that this study shows the things that we already knew. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to punctuate the episode with that. And again, you don't have to worship the God of self. It's a very cruel God. You don't have to. There's something better. Like you can actually find freedom and joy and fulfillment in the God who created you, who offers you good news and forgiveness and fulfillment. You can be free from your sins and being enslaved to your feelings and your desires. You can live for a higher purpose and have satisfaction in Christ. Read your Bible. Get you an ESV study Bible. Start in the book of John. Go to founders.org slash church dash search. Find you a good local church. Get plugged in. You don't have to be on the side of wickedness and just sadness anymore. You don't have to. You don't have to. God offers you a better way. Uh, All right. That's all we got time for today. We will see you back here next week. 